0: Well welcome. we're uh, we're on our home straight, I guess when you when you think about this program. and so uh, the section that I want to look at now is being rich versus looking rich. And I think as a couple, what's really important is that uh, this week you take the time to really align yourselves in terms of you know what's the feeling of rich that you're after and i've worked with lots of different clients and some clients really uh, um, have set out on a significance journey and looking rich is their prime desire versus actually being rich which uh, if we have a think about you know the definitions or or the differences is uh, if, if you have a bit of significance drive within you then sometimes it's really important to have the appearance that things perhaps are a little bit better than what they are um, in reality. And uh, in saying that, that might be that a house, you're living in a house that that might be um, stretching you to the max and causing a bit of emotional pressure to um, to keep up the mortgage repayments, uh, driving leased cars or, or um, cars that you're still paying off loans on, um, getting the overheads up, you know, close to the entire salary that you earn, and so therefore not saving or investing what you need to be doing to get yourself um, to be financially free in the future. And uh, I think the challenge can come when there isn't an alignment between couples um, of what you're prepared to do in order to um, both get each other out of the workforce. And I've certainly worked with, uh, with couples where um, they've worked very, very hard in the early days and one person's, you know, free. and uh, and retired from the business and then it's a long period of time before that focus really sets in that it's possible to get both of um, the couples living their dream life. And um, I know from my experience that was certainly something that took a little time to unfold. I always knew that my primary drive was uh, to make sure I got Kent out of the workforce in terms of have to work, um, simply because he just didn't like it. He, um, he calls himself a shift worker. Whenever he got himself a job, he wanted to shift. And uh, and he maintained that, uh, that it just wasn't anything he was interested in. Climbing the corporate ladder or getting promotions, although he always managed to achieve those things um, didn't excite him at all and uh, it was as if he just had a bigger picture of what life would contain and uh, and having a 40-year plan or a 40-year job when he spoke to other men um, it didn't excite him it wasn't something that uh, that he uh, was looking forward to and yet everything that i was doing was like a game I loved um, in my corporate career being in that top 10% and getting a lot of recognition and, and significance there and, and and achieving you know the, the goals that I set myself, challenging myself around the team and the team's results um, that I could gain as a leader. And certainly when I went into my first business and no money down deal, it was exciting to be able to um, rise to the top of that franchise and become a global trainer. And so for me it was always, it's always about um, um the personal development and the growth that I could achieve from the vehicles that I was using and uh, and so therefore um for me, it was definitely an integrity base that that it was important to become a wealthy individual. And so, what's the difference between rich and wealthy? And I've met two uh, you know two different types of people. Rich is uh, where you have an excess of of cash flow and money, and uh, and wealthy is literally what you have when you have no money. So wealth is a much stronger foundation, and so that's certainly the goal that I'd set. If you're, if you're looking at wanting to achieve um, you know, wealth, then wealth stems from these internal values that we'll be going through in this session. So I think the, the first step however is just to um, have that conversation um, that where in your life perhaps could you strip back some of the expenses and you could use that cash flow to start getting ahead and um, our very first financial planner that we used to work with when when we first started with a financial planner at 23 um, told us that we must live within our means. And uh, I was on a, a very low salary, I think it was $320 a week. And, um, and Kent was getting about $340 a week, both working full time. And our first goal was to save to buy a car. And I just laugh at, at, at that to think, wow, with, that was um, you know $620 a week and we saved $4,000 in four months and were able to buy our first car outright and um and that was a really exciting lesson to learn that um, it is possible to be able to um you know achieve the goals that you set yourself if you really want them and you're disciplined around how you can achieve that of course we lived in shared accommodation uh had our rent down to i think eighty dollars a week so forty dollars each we walked to and from work we packed our lunch every day and um, we really monitored where our money went and that discipline that we had at that early age really set us up so that we were able to do a lot of traveling in those following years Um, you know lots of different um, things that we wanted to uh, move out and have our own place and then furnish our own place and so you know how are you working in terms of delayed gratification is it that you want something and you just go get finance for it Um, now with all the 24 months interest free or 60 months interest free It's very tempting to go on payment plans but people are getting more and more pressured Um, they look the part when you walk into the home all the furniture is matching but it isn't owned outright and um, and I think it's these basic principles that um, that we learnt very early on that really helped us to understand you know the qualities or the internal character um, level of being able to use our our passion and talent to get what it is that we were wanting to get, focus on the goal, pay it off, and then own it outright. And so I definitely recommend that as as a success strategy. So if we look at wealth then, well, what's wealth? Roger Hamilton teaches that wealth is your value multiplied by leverage. And so it's important when you're looking at your, um, you know, if cash flow is, is king and we're looking at, uh, at, at being truly wealthy, then it, what's important is that you know where the greatest amount of value is going to be maintained to keep that cash flow coming in and he uh, has been teaching Wealth Dynamics for years and as a student of his um, for about five years now, what has really excited me about Wealth Dynamics is understanding that I don't have to be all things to all people. Um, I certainly don't have to um, be an expert in, in every different investment area. And in fact, it makes sense, doesn't it? If you think about Oprah Winfrey, perhaps reading Rich Dad Poor Dad and thinking that Robert Kiyosaki's got the answer and she gives up her um, Harper productions and her TV show and, and starts to leverage through property deals, would that really suit her and who she happens to be? Um, absolutely not. Just the same as Warren Buffett um, is a very different character than is Richard Branson. And so each of them very very wealthy in their own right but they use their own style, their own talents. And so that's going to be my my recommendation as a couple, have you profiled for your uniqueness? Do you understand where your strengths lie around your money and your wealth? And uh, there's lots of different money profiles that you can do, there's lots of finance coaches, uh, wealth coaches, who are you using as a couple to be able to mediate your uh, financial decisions and be able to help you stay accountable to the results that you want to get? And so when we profiled ourselves for success, Kent came up as a wealth profile that is called a supporter profile and I am a star profile and, um, and it just, you know, it kind of took a few weeks to really settle in and accept what our uniqueness was within those roles. But as soon as we had that acceptance of what was, um, it actually made perfect sense and in actual fact was a great relief. And uh, what I find is that I work far better when I have um, Kent's 100% support, because in actual fact, if he's not supporting a goal that I've set, very rarely have I ever achieved it and been happy. Um, I may have achieved things, but you know it was to the detriment of of uh, our relationship or stress levels or health or or what have you. So we've learned that you know twelve years living and working together, that um, there is a rhythm to what it is that we're achieving. And as a couple, I would recommend that you need to accept each other's strengths and uniqueness and uh, and start to align around what is your definition of wealth. Um, What kind of cash flow do you require in the month to be able to free one of you out of your business and perhaps both of you out of your businesses and just get some clarity around what the end goal is. And so that's part of starting with the end in mind, isn't it, you know. Um, I've got a, a, a brother who I was speaking to yesterday, he's just moved into his dream home at 44 years old, and um, you know sometimes it's good to have role models that um, you can have based on a timeline to be able to say, okay, well, what should I achieve by when? And I think the other thing that I realised that I was always in such a hurry. You know, I needed to achieve everything yesterday. Being youngest of six kids, I was always looking ahead and seeing what my sister, who's 10 years older than me, was you know experiencing within her life um, and it was a very clear to be able to gain a picture of what the future was going to be like with children um, you know teenagers, um, dual income earning and, uh, and travelling the world and all that sort of thing so you know have you got some role models have you got some people that you're able to um, talk to about what's their reality ten years in the future, what's their reality five years in the future What's their reality two years in the future? And for me, it's always been asking better questions um, of my brothers and sisters to say, you know, what might they um, prefer, or what would they have done differently? Um, because I've got the benefit of having time, and you know, you can all get that. I have other mentors who aren't uh, siblings, but um, able to be able to foresee that, you know, what what are going to be the best times now that the kids, you know, before they go to school what are some of the things that we should do now because once they start then you know um, you only have those six to eight weeks you know over Christmas you know together so the kids are very much in a routine what can we do whilst the kids are little as an example if you haven't yet got children then planning things prior to even having children Um, that was really important to us we wanted to set ourselves up before our first child Came so that one of us could be completely out of the business and out of the workforce just to focus on on um, the family. And so, you know, do you know what your values are? Are you clear on what it is that you're wanting to achieve? So a big discussion there without a doubt. I think the next thing that is important is once you've profiled your uniqueness, is that you really want to find your flow. And flow is really around how it is that you earn. Um, your money? Is it through a goods and service that you um, that people in the marketplace need? Is it that they they want those? Is it component wealth? Is it investment wealth? What's your strategy or as Roger calls the external values of how you're going to be maintaining your wealth and, uh, and maximizing your cash flow? And so once you have those strategies you can really um, you know, start to gain momentum when you're around more people that are using that same strategy. And so very important to, to find that flow of what you're great at doing and be able to be confident that uh, that's the strategy that's going to get you ahead. So definitely, um, you know, an important thing to discover. And, and that's what he talks about, you know, like when you first get started, you have to go back and rediscover your passions and your talents. They aren't something that you acquire through time. The things you acquire through time is knowledge and network um, and the things that you um, need to maximize and discover is your, um, your character. Okay, so as you go through life and you have life experience, you'll gain character and of course uh, then your purpose. And so your passions and your talents are almost like the seed that's within you and to go back and rediscover those is really important especially when you're thinking about um, the end result that you want and so one of the exercises i get all couples that are uh, aligning to do is that they look at their investment strategy 10 years from now based on the profit that's being generated in a month how much goes back into high risk medium risk and low risk as a percentage and so if you start to think that you know your goal is to have 10 million dollars in 10 years Um, after your taxes and your drawings you're going to put you know 40 percent back into high risk you might put 10 percent into low risk and 50 percent into medium risk so what's an example of a couple that would do that that might be um, let's say for example 10 percent into superannuation uh, 50 percent onto their house to pay their house off and 40% back into their traditional business to make sure that the cash flow is there for growth and for expansion. And so there's a lot of people that I've coached um, that are putting 100% into high risk continuously which is into their business, they're not actually drawing down on the profit every single month to start to diversify and to leverage. And, uh, and I really got that lesson um, early on when we were in travel industry and um, there was September 11 happened, then there was SARS and then ANSET went down. There was a couple of airlines that started to look really shaky and we had our majority, like 80% of our investments uh, were in the travel industry through options, um, through shares and our financial planner recommended that we needed to start to diversify and so we sold off quite a few of those um, those shares and started to look at other opportunities in other industries that would boom in that next five to seven years. And so you know it's having that guidance or, or some clarity there of how you're diversifying and and what your plan is around high, medium, low, and aligning to say, okay, well, that's our strategy for ten years. Let's bring that back to five years. So in five years, um, we might be happy to not be putting anything in low risk we might still be putting 50% into medium risk but 50% into high risk and in two years we might need to be putting 70% into high risk and 30% into medium risk which means of the profit that you're making you're still growing your business still having growth and therefore you might be um, you know different strategies around high risk and you know, so it's having that timeline that you understand that you've sold out to, to be able to not not feel resentful that you haven't got that brand new car just yet in the driveway or, or the flash house that you know that you deserve, um, but because you're putting your money back into your business, it's because of the bigger plan that you have. And if that's the case then it's definitely worthwhile using a coach, using a mentor, having a buddy who keeps you accountable month by month that there is profit and that the profit account is being divvied up you know successfully and you're achieving your financial goals quarter on quarter. And I think that you know that's been the power of having the couples that we work with come together every quarter to celebrate is that it's like their accountability check or their report card and uh, and they really recognize their own success and they define what their success is and make sure that um, you know they're aligned because how often is it that we can look side to side and, and think oh well it's just tough times and everybody's doing it tough and, and we're just surviving or we're just getting through when in actual fact in one of the hardest economic climates we've got clients that are, that are growing at 800% from last quarter the first quarter last year to this quarter this year so um, there's plenty of businesses that are niched enough to be able to get that kind of growth from them when you know what it is that you're doing as a couple and it's having that clarity and that vision to be able to communicate to each other to say look this is this is the lifestyle that I want to live and it's gonna cost this amount of money per month so therefore we really need to be You know minimizing our expenses and maximizing our opportunities wherever we're starting from and wherever you're starting from is fine okay so Robert Kiyosaki teaches um, in his game the cash flow quadrant um, about getting out of the rat race and uh, the first time that I played that it was really interesting that I saw you know people that pulled the the cards that were doctors and lawyers were groaning and people who picked the cards that were um, blue collar workers were really excited and um, and so even in within that game there's an undercurrent or an understanding that uh, the rat race you tend to get more kept within the rat race depending on what your profession is and so certainly that keeping up with the joneses is a really big deal if you are a lawyer, if you are a doctor, you know, there's certain expectations of car that you should drive of House that you should live in of lifestyle that you should lead Hobbies that you should have and um, and often they take a lot longer to be able to get out of the rat race because simply of their overheads with school fees and <clears throat> And the children's needs and things like that. So I found that really fascinating when I played that game and um I think I was an engineer or something like that, Um, but it was so much mindset based. It was a decision. When I made the decision to win that game and to get out of the rat race and start to achieve some of the dreams that are on the, the outside section it was fascinating how um how quickly when i utilised utilize some coaching from somebody to say well you know what's the best strategy what do i need to do um, and really start to focus on on the desired outcome and the result came very very quickly um, and it was interesting how it mirrored my life in actual fact you know that i picked up some shares that um that increased eightfold and so it's fascinating when you actually went around the table and people at the end was still in the rat race and feeling quite victimy and not not enjoying the process of that game to see that life is a game and you know the games that we play are a direct mirror reflection of who we are and, and how we're feeling and so a lot of the time if you're in the rat race then it's waking up within that place where you're at and taking full ownership. And so the number one thing that I see within couples is that we have a tendency to blame the spouse blame the other person of where our situation is and you know if only he would go and earn extra money or if only she would contribute more and do more or if only they would you know so lots of pointing of the finger and um, you know when we got ourselves into um, that kind of situation we'd invested quite a lot of money into a brand new company that was meant to return and it hadn't returned in the time frame that was promised and so it created quite a big Cash gap because we'd kind of, um, um, I guess, assumed that uh, what the timeframes they gave us would be met, and uh, and so it put us into a really interesting position of cash flow, and so having stretched ourselves a little bit too thin, um, and that putting a lot of pressure you know, onto the family and then finding out we were having another baby. Circumstances were changing, everything was shifting. There's better questions needed to be asked. And um, and I, f- I found that it was very easy to um, disempower myself quite quickly. and uh, And just think that if somebody could come in and fix this situation, that, you know, that was going to be the solution. It needed to be somebody else who needed to fix my situation. And it was uh, had a knock-on effect through different areas of my life. And so when I would even look at different habits, and obviously this happened when I got out of that sort of negative spiral, that I could see that you know if if Kent didn't cook for me, I wouldn't eat, little things like that that really meant um, little taps for me to show that in actual fact i'd I'd taken my hands off my own steering wheel, I was no longer in control of my life. And I was allowing circumstances to dictate my emotion. I was allowing um, external circumstances to um, provide me evidence that I was a bit of a victim. And you know, it felt you felt good in that space, you know. And I think that we underestimate how comfortable it is um, when we put ourselves in a comfort zone of that victim place, of of thinking that you know it's just not fair, or I've done everything that I was told to do, and I still haven't been getting the result. And so the first most important thing when you find yourself in a valley and you want to go to a peak is that we have to remove the fear. Okay, so it really starts from deciding, making that decision that, you know, wealth was what I was after, not riches. And so what have I actually got when there is no money? and starting from a from a platform of abundance of saying well you know everybody's healthy Uh, we've got fabulous network we've got great mentors around us we've got um, huge skill and ability and talent um, to produce uh, new work new businesses and in actual fact if we could recognize this as an opportunity then what could the next best vision be of what it is that we're trying to create. And it was interesting because it was in that time that we started looking at um, changing the modality of what we were doing over to the electronic coaching, the web-based stuff to go global. Um, We pitched it to some um, hand-picked affiliates globally and um, secured enough cash flow to be able to um, secure the entire project for the year um, without any of our own capital. And so, you know, when you're placed in a position, just know and trust that it's actually to strengthen your character, to get you to ask better questions. Um, We started getting a lot more coaching from mentors, asking better questions about what, what we could do to maximise, you know, our decisions at that time and our time and our cash flow. So, you know, we came up with a real game plan, a solid game plan, that as I said, we stopped comparing with others. And we decided that this would be our strategy for, you know, the next nine or ten years. And so we knew to just slow things down. We needed to understand that in the following, you know, four years was going to be more business opportunities, more high-risk stuff to see how high up the entrepreneurial ladder we could go. Um, and then we would start our property, not until sort of 36 or 37 years of age right through until 44 years of age, which then was the exit strategy for for retirement. And so once the game plan was set in place and we knew the high, medium, low splits, then we started to attract a whole new different type of client that um, that was looking for that level of clarity. Um, And it's amazing how the synergy happened, you know, very, very quickly. So my question would be is, have you done your timeline? Do you know, you know, as a couple, um, what what the end date is for achieving your goals, your success, your wealth, and what that's going to actually result in monthly cash flow for you. And then out of that cash flow profit, what are your splits high, medium, and low? And then we just simply work backwards to the game plan, using the experts around us, our team of, um, of people around us to say what have I actually got to do on a daily basis to be able to achieve that. And so then it's really the discipline of managing that decision. Making the decision is only half the battle. Managing the decision is what's really, really important. And so, you know, John Demartini talks a lot about values and uh, making sure that you've got a values match when you're working as a couple. And so it was really important as well to understand that, you know, for me, finance really started to climb up the the level of my values, whereas health was right at the top of, um, of Ken's values. And so whenever there was an opportunity um, to to gain more um, intellectual property I was definitely on board but when it came to health opportunity I might not have been so aligned and and so on board so you need to speak through the other person's uh, values list um, to be able to get synergy and understand what what the common goals are and so those conversations can be difficult in the beginning um certainly when you know for me it doesn't bother me that he can drive around in a four thousand dollar car with no air conditioning that probably needs a lot of work done because it's not in my face every single day and i don't value that um but for him it's very frustrating and so having those conversations and getting realigned to say okay i understand and i'm listening and that's a really important thing that needs to happen um is a huge step towards you know, um, becoming more wealthy because um, you're able to listen to each other and serve each other a lot more. And so John DeMartini, when he teaches about values, he then also teaches, you know, how to make one hell of a lot of profit and still go to heaven. And uh, and that's a wonderful book and he talks about the fact that um, he will use forced change to be able to create uh, success with a lot of people. And uh, and so first you live off 90% of what you earn and then every month on month you start to reduce that rate. So you must learn to live off 70, you know, say 80% and then 75% and then the next month 70% and then 65% and 60% and you go all the way to the point where I think he's living off 20% of his income and so he's giving huge amounts to charity he's being able to set up foundations and philanthropic ideas that he has got you know lots of different things when you start to recognize the fact that when you're living your your passion and you're really purpose driven about what you're wanting to do then new networks appear and opportunities um, will come your way and so as a couple it's working out well first can you live off 90 percent of what you earn. And how long will it be until you can um, you know, change to live on 85% and start to get that 15% working for you and then 20% and get 25% working for you and 30% of your income working for you. And so really it's looking at all the strategies that you can achieve um, because the end goal obviously is to be able to one get out of the rat race To recognize that you're in your flow and you're investing in areas that really excite you You've got your time back and uh, and then you can really build wealth As I said, which is what you have when you have no money. So really working on your networks and your character And starting to live your passion and doing what you enjoy doing and so you know have, have that discussion this week, you know, where in our lives um, perhaps have we overextended ourselves that, and what are our exit options for that? Can we do a big clean out of the house and um, you know, get rid of anything broken, um, sell anything that we don't love um, and just get lean in terms of, w- of what you're doing for your preparation to be able to really live just a joy-filled, peaceful life. And uh, and certainly that's what we're going to be moving you towards. So I hope you have a great week. And there's plenty in there to accomplish. Maybe get uh, grouped together and play Robert Kiyosaki's Cash Flow. Brilliant game just to get the mirror of of where you're at. And uh, I ask you to enjoy the process at the same time. Have a great week.